I just want to be in a brain trust. <laughs> just to say that you're in a brain trust? I'm in a brain trust. I'm here to think. Real question. Do you know any brain trusts? Personally? Yeah. No. How do you know you want to be a part of it? It could be terrible, for all you know. If I'm in the brain trust, yeah. I will make it good. By what? By How? strength of personality and brain. Strength of brain or just... Thank you! Strength of brain! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Straight Red. I am your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, the pride of Virginia Tech, Alex Scott Kibler. Hey, that's actually my name. Yeah, I know. That's kind of you. Are you surprised I actually know facts about you? No, I'm surprised that you weren't mean when you given the opportunity to be mean. Oh, you gotta let some of them slide. Okay, let it percolate a little bit? Okay, fair enough. Well, see, that way they don't expect it when it shows up. Yeah, man, Virginia Tech. I I was there. I went to school there in the fall of 2003. God, my 10-year reunion is coming up. Mine is already passed. You're old. Yeah, I'm 47. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't make it through that. Nope, yeah. At You're, one point, I'll be 47. You look gr- good with gray hair, though. Yeah, this is starting you got to come a, in. You got some, yeah. It's starting to come in. I have I'm just mostly... going to let it go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become dignified. No, see, I have, like, the just the temples. I have, like, the Mitt Romney temples. Yeah, but you need the other temple. You only no, have, you're, have you're one. You're asymmetric. Yeah, that's terrible. It's that's really not good. Yeah. So either... You know what? You should start dyeing the other side gray. I should just go gray. Not all at of it. 30. Like a shock of gray at yeah. age 30. Yeah. I think it's a good look. I don't know about you. It can be. Anderson Cooper does it. Yeah, he looks good. He's isn't he a Vanderbilt? What isn't Anderson Cooper a Vanderbilt? What do you mean a Vanderbilt? He's in the Vanderbilt family. I don't know what that is. It's they were like robber barons back in the twenties. What? You need to focus on American history. Is (laughs) Anderson? You don't know. Cooper. Hold a on, you, you've Vanderbilt. never heard. You've never heard of the Vanderbilt family? Not really. His mother was Gloria Vanderbilt. Thank you. Why, Alli- Allison Cooper? That's a thank you. Why Anderson Cooper won't receive an inheritance from mom, Gloria Vanderbilt? Well, he's probably there's no trust fund. Great. All right. Sweet. And Sounds also, perfect. And he's also really famous. He, he doesn't, doesn't need, need to be a Vanderbilt. They're not. He's not a Vanderbilt. They're Coopers. How have you never heard of the Vanderbilts? I mean, I've heard of the name. They built a very famous structure. Do you know what it is? No. Re- look it up on Wikipedia real fast. What? You're going to know why I was built. No, just, just search the Vanderbilt family. Okay. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. This is taking forever. Family. Your Wi Fi is too slow. Wow, there are quite a few of them. Of course they are. What are They're they like built? American royalty. Built. Fifth Avenue. Keep They've going. Built, okay. Oh, that's You're not what terrible I meant to at do. computers. Well, it's because I'm reaching over your arm, and your arm's covered in hair. This is kind of I've got a sensual. hairy arm. <laughs> it's a disgusting <laughs> hairy arm. That's grand. Really? No way. For real? The Vanderbilts made Grand Central Terminal the largest train station in the United States and the world. I didn't know that. You should know that. Anderson Cooper owns Grand Central? No. <laughs> oh, I can't even take you to your own house. I'm just making sure I'm following along here. Yes, correctly. Anderson Cooper owns Grand Central Terminal. Uh, 
we learned a lot today. We really did. So now that we found out you don't know anything about American <laughs> history, uh, it's time to go to America's pastime. I was going to say, soccer. Time to find out I don't know anything about American soccer <laughs> either. America's pastime, soccer. New York Red Bulls 3, DC United nil. What Ooh boy. a victory, Jeff Ross. Who boy. The Red Bulls continue to avail themselves of the class of the East. They can play with anybody. They're the hardest working team in MLS, save for maybe the Vancouver Whitecaps. They are right now playing about the best soccer they've played under Marsh. And if you're in the East, you've got to be think it's Red Bulls and everyone else right now. Got a couple of thoughts. One, the hardest working team is the Columbus Crew. That's their slogan. All right, it's the hardest working team in the league. So how dare you? I'm I'm sorry. Crew Item fans. two. Gingers, recall this. <laughs> Alex Kibler claimed. The New York Red Bulls would not even finish in the top 10 in the Supporter Shield standing. But if they do, he owes me $700,000. I don't owe you $700,000. $700,000. We have this written down. No. And because it's written written down, down. it is true. I I wish that's how things worked. This was a great win for the New York Red Bulls. It really was. They dismantled D.C. D.C., who's good this year. D.C., you know, D.C. has has been able to keep themselves in a lot of games. They play a brand of football with the type of players that they have where they can score off set pieces, they defend decently well, they can make mistakes hurt their opponents, they can attack well, but they don't, they don't have quite the same expansive play that... Uh, the Red Bulls have, and they got taken to school at Red Bull Arena. They really did, and I will say this, and I said it in the pre-show, and I'll say it again because I fear nothing. The New York Red Bulls play as a complete team at yes, all times. wholeheartedly. Both in wins, losses, and draws, they play as a total team. And it's pretty impressive considering Jesse Marsh came in under uh, not the best of circumstances. Hardly. And the vast majority of these players are not his guys. Yeah. This is not his team. Yeah. He maybe had something to do with like one or two signings that right, happened. Right. Beyond that, these are not his players. He got them to buy in, and in a big way, a very big way. But if if you're a New York Red Bulls fan, and this is an honest question, any New York Red Bulls fan out there, do you still want Mike Petke back? <laughs> uh, I you got to say no at this point, right? They look pretty strong they actually frankly they look stronger than they did when they won the supporter shield i think we are almost one year away from that um uh round table that they had the the town hall meeting town hall um mm, not no, quite. no no not quite no 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 that would have been in the winter time that would have been in like january my how the tables were like turned. six months away dear lord oh yeah uh you have a team that right now has just about the best identity in terms of what they want to do on the field of any team in MLS. And you were basically pulling your hair out and thinking that the sky was falling six months ago because you didn't know what the identity of the team was going to be without Henri and without Mike Petke. Talk about a turnaround with their fan base. And they actually almost have double the TV ratings on MSG from last year. People care about the Red Bulls. They do care. It's interesting because they're still not showing up at the stadium all that much hard to get there it's so hard to get there well it's only hard to get there if you live in new york right if you live in new jersey it's not that bad which is why they should embrace new jersey we've had this conversation stop but they're playing very very well yes alex kibler do they run away with the east 
Do they run away with the East? Well, no. I shouldn't say run away. Do they finish regular season top of the East? Yes, I think so. Oh. I, I think that's the case. I don't know who's going to challenge them right now. You don't think the New England Revolution nope. are going to get uh, get all those? Certainly don't. I don't think Toronto. Firing. You don't think uh, Toronto FC with Javinko con- in front? Is, you know, they're not consistent. You enough. don't think Montreal is going to come roaring back with renewed energy? Certainly not after what happened this weekend. No, oh, is that a, a little foreshadowing? It was. Yes. Um, before we leave this match, foreshadow. Um, if you're a Red Bulls fan. Even casually, make an effort to go out to Harrison. Uh, they have a beautiful facility out there. You've that probably been great. there. That team deserves to be supported. What's tremendous about having NYCFC in the in the city is that people care about soccer in general. As those games get more competitive, bef- you know, once NYCFC stops losing terribly every time they play the Red Bulls, yeah, uh, I think that enough. will change. But if even if you're just a general soccer fan in New York City, go see the Red Bulls play. You need to get out to Red Bull Arena because it is a beautiful stadium by any standard. Yes, by any standard. You this, know, if this, if this stadium was in Germany, it'd be a beautiful stadium. You know, where else has a pretty nice stadium? Who? Uh, in San Jose, California, actually. San Jose. San Jose. Yeah. San Jose. <laughs> they had a soccer game there the other night. They did. Yeah, they beat they the LA Galaxy one 0 They definitely did. They definitely did. As much as it pains me, let's face it, LA Galaxy's road form is crap. It, it is. Now, um, this was obviously they scored early. Controversial red yeah, card I don't in know. the second half. To me, my thing is if you do anything that remotely resembles a foul when you're trailing the guy who's in on goal, it's you're, a red card. They're gonna, it's they're it's gonna an give obvious it, goal scoring it's opportunity. It's going to happen every time. Doesn't it's just, matter. It's a dog. It's a dog zoo. I can't. I hate pronouncing it that way, but <laughs> it feels weird, right? I just I read out the whole thing. It, it is a denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. It just is. Uh, no, no, it stinks. But that's not why they lost. They were they, they no. weren't in the first half anyway. No, they weren't. It, it was uh, San Jose played. I don't want to take anything away from San Jose. San Jose played well and yeah. have been playing well recently, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Innocent may be coming back soon. Who has been out for quite some time? That's exciting. Uh, exciting hopefully, news. hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be back on the field. But LA does have a road form problem, and they have all season. Uh, this is a problem last season as well. They have at least managed to win some games on the road this year, uh, but it's still it's still really tough for them. I'm sure they would prefer to play at StubHub Center, where they never lose. Well, they're basically uh, you know unbeatable. Exactly, this is yes, ridiculous. Um, this team needs to learn how to play on the road. Yeah, because this is a team that clearly has ambitions, not just for the MLS Cup, which obviously they want Champions League. And you have to be able to go down to Guatemala to play in Champions League. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to be able to go to Mexico to play in Champions League. Mm-hmm. You have to win away. You just have to win away. And if you can't win away, you're not going to win the Champions League. That's all I have to say about that, Alex Kibler. Fair enough, Jeff Ross. Seattle 2, Portland Timbers 1. I watched this entire game, Alex. Yeah? This entire game. Uh Uh-huh. Portland outplayed Seattle the entire game. Yep. And Seattle, all credit to them, they got the lucky chances that they needed. Yep. The ball went in the net. Yep. They win the game. Yep. But a hundred, all 90 minutes, all 90 minutes, Portland played better. And Portland, first of all, Stephen Fry playing out of his mind in this game. Wholeheartedly. Without Stephen Fry, with a lesser goalkeeper, this is like 5-1 to Portland. Yeah. They had so many fantastic shots on goal that were stopped by Stephen Fry. 
They played better. Now, you don't. If you're a Portland fan, you can you can maybe hold on to that. But if you're, if you're Kevin Porter, you're furious. Yeah, you, you let a team off the hook. You let a team off the hook, and you could have made a statement win at uh, CenturyLink Field, and that would have been huge for your side. You're still going to the playoffs. You'll still do well. I'm not. I'm not claiming Portland's having a bad season because they're not. But that's a rough one. It was a very entertaining game. Let me take one step back. It was a very entertaining game. I hope you watched it. I did. They yes. opened the whole stadium. Yep. Everybody was there. It was a great environment. The whole thing was great. But Portland was the better team. That's the kind of game that you want someone who's not an American to tune into MLS and watch that game. I think they did. I think they did in, in, <laughs> they in large did. numbers. Uh, you know, the thing with Portland is that you can see, and they were without a couple of players, if I'm not mistaken. A they, couple of players, uh, yeah. And so I. The thing with Portland is you can see flashes of creativity. You can see the athleticism of this team. They're so fast. They really are. Um, but they've got to finish. They could be probably one of the best teams in the West if they could finish. Or better yet, take better chances. Don't settle for the first chance that comes to you. Fair. Um, and so I, I expect good things out of the playoffs just because they create a lot. Um, you know, if you're a Seattle Sounders fan, you've snuck your way back into the the the, uh, yeah, the playoff again. race. But right now, San Jose is playing out of their minds. They've won four in a row. They're coming. They're right behind you on points. They're tied, and they have a game in hand. And if you're Seattle, this this win over a team that outplayed mm. you should not give you any comfort or solace. No, and and I don't think it does because this Seattle they're not a fake team. Like they have a real coach, they have real players. They understand that they lucked out in this win. Yeah, you you love having the three points. Don't get me wrong. Of course, you love having the three points. But you know, just fate was in your favor. Thing. Yeah, uh-huh. you didn't you didn't truly earn that win and if you keep playing like that la will destroy you yep okay you know vancouver will destroy you mm-hmm. dallas will destroy you're not gonna this isn't gonna fly in the playoffs right um and frankly portland will probably destroy you in the same scenario a second time yeah even at CenturyLink, i agree they'd probably win that game mm-hmm. so you can't you can't keep playing like that but if you're an mls fan in general or want to be or you're an outside looker and you're like oh i really you know i follow premier league or follow la liga or whatever Look at the Cascadia teams. Look at L.A. That's where MLS itself is going. Right? These teams that have very strong academies playing attacking, attractive football. That's where the league's going. And skip those Chicago games. Just don't tune in. <laughs> Just don't watch. Wait till I buy them anyway. It's going to be big, guys. It's Toronto FC 2, Montreal Impact 1. Can we Tor- just talk about Toronto for a second? Sure, I know we have other news. We certainly do, yes. Toronto looks like a totally different team than we've ever seen from Toronto. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're good. I, I think they are good. Now, here comes a unpopular, popular opinion. Interesting. I think they're wasting money on Josie Altidore. I'm sorry. With the other players that you have in they that team, be. you can spend money and get somebody who's not Josie Altidore, who can do more than one thing, and that's be strong. And play even better than you're playing right now. He he is not necessary for you to win games. And if you could buy a if you could buy a really really good center back for that amount of money, you would oh, win a that, lot more games. All right. So as you know, Gingers, I'm a Josie Altidore apologist. All right. But I do think he's gotten like too big, too bulky. I think he needs to cut weight. Actually, I was watching footage from him with the Red Bulls, and he was. Tiny. He yeah. was very he's gotten, trim I think he's and gotten svelte. Too big. Yeah, he's gotten too big. 
I love the guy. I still believe in him. Toronto's paying him a ton of money. They really are. And frankly, they only need Javinko and Michael Bradley yep. as far as big big money signings. Right. They don't necessarily need Josie Altador. In fact, they would have been better suited to split his salary in half and get two strikers. Yeah. You could get some quality players for half of his salary. I couldn't decide if MLS the MLS Facebook page was kind of taking a dig at Josie out the door because it was like just Josie being Josie or something for the way they score. And I'm like, you mean he mishit a shot and it went in anyway? Like, cause that sounds pretty Josie out the door to me. Cause for those of you who follow me too closely, first of all, get out of my bushes. Second, <laughs> Josie out the door does have these weird goals like this. Oh, of like, course he does. Like this looks like a He's made a career shot on it. Yeah. Or a, a bad cross or whatever. But you look at his stats, like, it adds up. It's just a ton of these things. Yeah. And that's how he keeps getting signed. It's never pretty. It's never pretty. And I get why he's there. Not entirely. I partially get why he's there. He's not Canadian. I don't understand why we spent so much money on him. But if you're Toronto FC, you're looking at uh, next season, and you should be at this point. Yep. So you're going to need to solve some roster issues here. You are. uh, Cost-wise. Josie hasn't quite done enough that you can get rid of him. You mean he hasn't been bad enough to get rid of? Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. You're not going to be able to sell him for enough. Oh, yes. I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. So we've, we've dropped all have, this money. We have to stick with him. You might have an MLS team spend money on him. Yeah, you could see an MLS team, but you can't sell him overseas. No, of course not. Whereas Javinko, who I want them to keep, is almost certainly going to get offers overseas. Oh, from big teams. From teams you know, Gingers. Yeah. Not that he didn't play for one already. He played for Juventus. He for did. God's sake. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see, uh, not not like Chelsea, but you'll see teams up there. Oh, yeah. Not, I wouldn't be surprised to see like Tottenham Hotspur call. Yep, not the top teams, but like a team like, a, like you know, just going through some, some leagues here. A team like um, uh, Fiorentina, a team like... Roma is uh, who I'm looking Roma, at. Roma, a team at Roma. like uh, Everton or Liverpool, or a team like a, um, um, uh, uh, Lyon in France, like those mm-hmm. types of teams uh, who are yeah, who are not necessarily the very top of their tables, but they could get up there in a dang hurry with a guy like Javinko. They could get up there. Um, Javinko's playing the best football he's ever played. He is. Right and he got recognized by, uh, the, the national team coach. He did get recognized by the national team coach. And I, I know we want to get into it more in depth, but that's, Pretty big. Yeah. Actually, is. that's enormous. But we have bigger news right bigger now. News. So Montreal loses this game. Yep. This is a big game. Montreal and Toronto, those two cities hate each other. They lose this game. Frank Klopas, your lord and savior, by the way, fired. I don't know why you worship him. That's very interesting. I guess I don't either. Um, yeah, I mean, religion's like that. You're kind of born into it. The thing with, with this firing is it, that, that bothers me is... What benefit now does firing Frank Klopas have? It's so late in the season. It's so late. Well, and you just signed a big-name guy who ostensibly was cool with him being your coach. Yep, because you signed him. Yeah. He agreed to this. And now you fire him. I, I uh, This is dangerous. Like, I, I worry about Montreal's ownership. First of all, they fired Jesse Marsh. Um, it's... Sorry, go ahead. Well, let's just go through the list real fast. Yeah. Right? So Jesse Marsh was their expansion team coach when uh-huh. he came into the league. 
Um, it's an expansion team, so most expansion teams have poor first seasons. Don't we know it? <laughs> yeah. You have poor first <laughs> first seasons. And they did start poorly, but it improved as mm-hmm. it went on. They were getting better, and he finished with one of the best, not the best, but one of the best records for an expansion team, was fired. Yeah. They hire Marco Shalomam. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, one of the best names to say. Oh, great. And he was MLS. very entertaining because he would manage to get ejected like every other game. Yeah. It was pretty yep. impressive. Yep. I don't know what he was saying, probably in French, uh-huh. but he, he was a fiery character. Mm-hmm. He got him to the playoffs, Alex Kipper. He did, yes. First coach of Montreal Impact in the MLS playoffs? Yep. Fired. Fired. Hire Frank Klopas. I don't know why. He didn't do that well with Chicago. No. Nope. You, you hire him. And he, even Chicago said we've had enough. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you hire him. This is a pre-Alex Kibler-owned Chicago, so let's keep yes. that in mind. You hire him, horrible season, but wins the Canadian Championship. So you, you have a title, you have a trophy. You do. And then in the following season, takes you all the way to the CCL final, which only one other MLS team has ever done. Mm-hmm. Actually, you were in that game till the end. 100% you were in that game. They almost walked away with the thing. So my question is... You know what then- happens to him? They fire him. Yeah. He almost got them into the playoffs as well. We'll never know because he was fired. Here's the thing. There might be things behind the scenes that we don't know that caused this. There have to be. Uh, But at this point, you can deal with anything for two months. At this point, why on earth would you fire him on August the 29th or whatever day it was they actually got fired? It's so Late. What I do they know. have? Like eight or nine games? Yeah. They've got a, if that. I know they have several Montreal games has in more, hand. Yeah. Several games in hand, but it's I not think they that have many. Ten. Okay, but it's not that many games left. Yeah. It's not that many games. What do we think is truly going to be different in those remaining games? Well, you're not going to have time to build an identity, first of all. No. You, you know, if, um, if you are the ownership group and you decide that, you know, you want to change sort of the direction of the team. Once again, that's first of all something you need to be doing on you know in the off season. But second of all, what is Mauro Biello or whatever you say his name? Mm -hmm. What is he going to bring to the table that is this grand vision for how you're going to finish the season the playoff in a playoff spot? I, I don't understand why now is the time to do this. I think it's the worst time to do it. If you're going to fire him, first of all, you should have fired him last season. Yep. Frankly. If you were going to do it, yeah, at they all. were terrible, last and season. they probably didn't because they didn't want to be this team that fires a coach every year. But functionally, you did it anyway because you have a new coach this year as well. Exactly. All right, so it still happens with less time to prepare. With less time to prepare, so that they're. I mean, what's what? What's the chance of being successful here? So, I don't know why you do it this late because you really can't turn it around unless, for some reason, you think you can get a head start on coaching availability. But who? Well, they're not going to spend money. I mean, well, I, I think you have to though. I think you have to. Uh, who are you going to get? Who I don't know. Get? The only person sitting at home right now who is MLS quality coach is Mike Petke. Yeah. And he's not – I don't think he's going to Montreal. What about Precky? Where is Precky? Where is Precky? There was this whole thing we even talked about on the pod. It looked like he was going to go to the Premier League, and then it didn't happen. And we haven't heard a word. He's going to come out and be the coach of uh... – Montreal? Yeah, Precky Watch. We're on Precky Watch right now. We're on Precky Watch. Yeah. Uh, That's not a bad signing. Here's the thing. At this point, if you're willing to fire your coach in in this sort of position where functionally you may not actually be in a playoff spot right now, but functionally you're in a playoff spot because of how many games you have in hand. Just got to win like two of them. You have four games in hand on the team above you 
who is in the playoff spot right now, and they have one point on you. So yeah. functionally, you're in a playoff spot. And functionally, you probably are going to make it to the playoffs. You know, it, it's going to come down to do, does NYCFC or does Orlando City catch you, but you have four games in hand on those two teams. So my point is, if you're playing decently consistently enough to average, you know, 1.2, 1.3 points per game out of this thing. You should be able to get it done. Why are you changing now? Why are you jeopardizing that by changing, cutting the head off of the snake? Statistically speaking, you should ride it out and fire him in the offseason. Exactly. Right Lose out. the first round of the playoffs and fire him in the offseason. Like, let's say, hey, we signed Drogba, we did all this, how come we can't get any further? That's what you say, yeah. doing your end-of-season uh, It's just ridiculous. Conference. I don't get it. But this did open another question for me, Alex Kibble. Yeah. It's about MLS in general. First of all, this season has been wild. Mm-hmm. With the amount of top talent that's come to the league, oh, it's, it's incredible. mind-blowing. Yeah. I've never had a season like it. There, to my knowledge, and some ginger will correct me, I'm sure, there's no limit on what you can pay coaching staff. I don't think that there is, no. I don't, I don't, if there is, it's one of those rules that we are just not aware of. Yeah. Like, we have not it been may not told be public if there it's not written down. Will we see big-name manager talent coming into MLS in the next, let's just say, two seasons? If you mean it... On sort of the big money by saying a guy like uh, obviously not literally Guardiola or um, no you you can't Mourinho afford you can't afford but it. there's yes there are coaches out there right now who maybe have just gotten out of a bad situation mm-hmm. who are a name that you've heard of but not necessarily like a, a huge you know superstar I got like a Sam Allardyce that's the guy that we talked about in the yeah. pre-show for this who you know will play for any Premier League team anyone who'll pay him basically. <laughs> If he gets a, a good salary from a good team at MLS, I would be surprised if he didn't come over here. I really would. Um, that level of coach, I perfectly could see playing and uh, excuse me, coaching in MLS wholeheartedly. Because you've got a couple of teams. Well, there will be the infamous coaching carousel. People will get fired at the end of the season and all that. But we have teams that are good, like LA. Yeah, Bruce Arena's old. Yes. He was thinking about retiring in the previous. Off season, so mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time. He can't coach forever. LA is an ambitious team, and other teams in the West are very ambitious. You, you know, Seattle's ambitious. Vancouver, even though they've gone with, uh, I'm going to call them small names. Sorry, Martin Rennie, but I'm going to call them small <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have ambitions. Portland has ambitions. Not that Caleb Porter's going anywhere because he's not. Right, but. When those teams reach that point where it's time to make a change or the coach gets a better deal or whatever the case may be, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those teams spend big money on someone you've heard of. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if someone says, you know, hey, how's David Moyes doing out in Spain? Yep. Yep. How is his deal out in Real Sociedad? Sociedad. Does he like it there? Or would he like to be in another English-speaking country? Yeah. I, I, you know... There are now some ownership groups, City Football Group being probably the most obvious, who have the clout to bring in a name like that, especially if that coach views it as a way to impress to maybe coach for Manchester City one day. Mm -hmm. Um, Having the ownership group see what you can do. Um, I think in the next few years, once again, you won't see the best coaches in the world, but you'll no, see no, no, coaches no, no, no. that you've heard of. You've heard of. That yes. you've heard of and that you've seen them coach teams that you've heard agree. of. Yes. And I'll say this, Gingers. When you have all these international players with real names that people know all showing up in the same season, yeah. that's a lot of eyes on the league. Yep. 
a lot of eyes. And if you're one of these coaches that's a journeyman or, like you said, you're in a bad situation, you need to improve it somehow, if you show up and all of a sudden you're coaching, you know, uh, Gio Dos Santos. Yep. And you get yourself an MLS Cup, you do a good Champions League run or even win the thing. Yeah. Well, maybe now someone will answer your phone call. Yep. A real team. Yep. Or maybe you stay and get a better deal because MLS will probably overpay for you. 100%. But, but I, I feel that we're about to see a very different league very, very quickly. Unless we forget. You say it more than me nowadays. Listen, I'm going to copyright it while you're not paying attention. <laughs> Lest we forget, Atlanta's about to enter this league. Yep. That's team with ambition. With a big ownership group. Big ownership group, a lot of dollars. They own the Falcons. Man's a billionaire, all right? They've got money. Right? They're ready to do it. If Beckham's telling the truth about what he's doing in Miami, and it sounds more and more like that's actually going to happen, for better or worse, I guarantee they're going to get a name you've heard of. Just because Beckham's an image guy, they're not going to want to show up with someone who's, you know, he was an assistant coach for the Philadelphia Union three years ago. He's not going to do that. He's going to get someone you've heard of. All right. Minnesota, small market, but they're going to want to make an impact somewhere. Either an impact player or an impact coach. I don't know what it's going to be. At this point, it'll only be one. Yep. <laughs> they won't have the budget for more than that. Nope. But you've got people with ambitions. If Sacramento gets in, they're going to do something. LAFC guarantee is going to spend a fortune on both players and coaches. I bet you've heard of all of them yeah. when they show up. You're going to say, whoa, how'd they get Neymar? They mortgaged literally the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. They put it on the market. They bought Neymar. That's all I got, Alex. Let's talk about something else. How, how about it? This Friday, when we normally would be telling you about uh, soccer games and all that kind of stuff. Normally. Normally. The U.S. men's national team. Hello. Will be playing Peru. And that brings up a few points. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the people that have been called up here okay. uh, a little bit. Return Tim Howard. Who Timmy, was named today Timmy, Timmy. not the number one. No, name number two. Interesting. Jurgen Klinsmann vexes me. <laughs> sometimes it's a meritocracy, sometimes it's not. Now, who's to say that Brad Guzan is not playing better soccer right now than Timmy Howard? He might be. I don't know. I can't, I can't say it's that. It's really hard to imagine that's um, true. But I think this is one of those, let's give Brad his chance before mm. we play Mexico. And yeah. let's see what we actually have working for us here. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Brad play Peru and Tim play Brazil. Yeah, that, uh, that, that makes sense That wouldn't me. surprise me. Yeah. William Yarbrough with a call-up as well. Um, Who lost his starting position at Club Leon? That's sad. That is sad to me. I wonder if it's a message that happened. I hope he gets it back. He seems to be actually a really good keeper. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more of him. He the, the problem that he has isn't the talent or skill. It's that you play for the United States, and we've always had a plethora of goalkeeping talent. Mm-hmm. And you, so many guys have been sitting behind the name, you know. And you're still good, if if not great. Like the only reason we know Brad Guzan is so good is because Timmy Howard left for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you also have the return to, to the, the team of Jermaine Jones and Matt Beasler, some World Cup heroes. Yeah, Jermaine Jones, uh, I'm very happy to see you. Yeah, me too, wholeheartedly. Um, you also have the more recent return of one Bobby Wood to the team. Bobby Wood! He plays now for Union Berlin. He does. And he it's actually amazing what does. two friendlies will do for you. If you beat the right teams. If you beat the right teams. That turn against Germany. Whew! 
shot from 23 yards, 24. Whatever it was. Luscious. What Absolutely great. luscious. And congrats to him. He's actually getting playing time. And what I've heard, playing well for Union Berlin. So, yeah, there's a couple of games coming up. I mean, what are you – I guess the question becomes, what are you looking for right now if you're – a fan of the of the men's national team, or you're going to cleanse them. Like, what do you what do you hope to gain from this? You have big games coming up after this. Oh, huge games coming up! But we in Peru and Brazil, you want to see who wants to play Mexico. Yep. That's the only question right now. You could lose both of these games, which is indeed possible. Gingers, <laughs> in case you're new to the, to Concacaf, essentially what's going to happen in in uh, on in October the 10th is that the USA will play Mexico in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. The winner of which basically decides who's going to go to a big fancy tournament and who's going to stay home. Not basically. That is what it decides. Yeah, yeah. It, it's essentially it's a one game playoff for this tournament, which doesn't have a lot of prestige, but is, it does to us. It does to a, a country like the United States. Uh, it's called the Confederations Cup. It'll happen in in Russia in 2017. Um, which, despite sounding like the future, is not that far. It's in the not. Future. And what you want is for this team to play as much competitive football as it possibly can going into the World Cup in 2018 in Russia. Absolutely, absolutely. You want to see in Peru and ver- – not in Peru, but versus Peru and versus uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. You want to see who on this squad wants it, who wants to take on Mexico. I'm looking for players who are throwing their body at the other team because Mexico is going to fight you. Yep. Mexico will absolutely fight. Oh, they're under a Mexico ton of pressure. I mean, has gone through like five managers yep. now in yep. the same period of time that we've had Jurgen Klinsmann. They've gone through like five managers. They know they have the player talent, but because of these, these inconsistencies, they've been both ups and huge ups and downs for this team that you know on paper is a great team. Mm-hmm. But there's no consistency. Not at Even all. Even the coach who's going to coach them in this game has already said he's not going to be their head coach right he's doing this as a favor basically what's sam allardyce doing i bet he's Ah, (laughs) good down there there it is mexico city mexican players want to show the world that they are world class talent and the way to do that is to get on the world stage playing the u.s in the united states yeah it's big money and it's big here but no one else cares right no one else cares when they play when they play Spain spain or whoever yeah in Russia. When they play Germany. Then they'll care. Like, this is going to be big. All right? They want to go. So they're going to fight. And what you want to see in the Peru and Brazil games, who wants to fight to be here? Jermaine Jones is going to break someone's ankle. Or his own. It's going to be great. Own. Yeah. And, and ankle will be broken. That's the only piece broken. of information that you need to know. And Jermaine Jones, I found out recently, has never had a red card. Did you know that? No way. That's you know not that? true. Never it had a red card. can't be true. This is my I, understanding. I, I, at, wait, at club card. and... Club and and national team. Are you serious? Not even from uh, like getting two yellows. I don't. He's one of the best foulers there is. Where did you see that? I read it somewhere. I'll find it for you. That's and, and fascinating. I'm sure some if that's true. Will write in and be yeah, like, you're, like you're an idiot. Well, actually, that's not true at that all. That happened in 1999. <laughs> he was why, 14. Why do our fans talk like that? We have horrible fans. Judges, <laughs> we love you. I'm sorry. They have nasal issues. It's okay. Uh... If true, yeah. that is amazing. But when you watch him play, both for Revolution or for that matter, any team he's played for, uh, also the national team, he'll get that yellow. Oh, he's a destroyer. But he'll never get the second that's yellow. That's interesting. Now that he I, never does. That's really fascinating that you mentioned it. And the way he fouls, it's never quite egregious. It's never quite over the line. But it's, it's physical. real close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You're like, hey, Jermaine, we talked about You always see it in the eyes of the refs, like, we talked about this. <laughs> and you need Jermaine, to st- we, we had a discussion earlier. He has his hands up, like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> and then he'll stop. Yeah. Or he'll tone it down enough a to like, just, just get a verbal warning. Yeah, yeah. And then he never gets the second yellow. And I love it. Because, and we talked about this ages ago, that's the kind of spirit I want from an American team. I want an American team not necessarily to be like technically super gifted. I want it to be very athletic and brutal, but right at the edge of what the rules are. Wholeheartedly. Because that, to me, is the American dream. Right to the edge. Right to the edge, but we're still on the inside and you hate us for it. Yeah. Some other call-ups out of, out of MLS, the ones that jump out to me are for Italy. Sebastian Javinko. Look at that. And Andrea Pirlo, who is 75 years old. He is. He's playing with a bad hip, you know. Uh, <laughs> a replaced hip. Called guy. up by the Italian national team for their upcoming friendlies against Malta and Bulgaria. Obviously not top-tier talent. No, but it's Euro qualifiers. It, it does matter. So if you're Italy... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say friendly? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, Euro it's a Euro qualifiers. 2016 qualifier, yes. If you're Italy, you have to qualify. You have to qualify. Uh, yes, if you're Italy, wholeheartedly. Uh, uh, you're, you're a top-tier team. Regardless of how you've been looking or whatever, you're, you're with France, with Germany, you're with Spain. You're, <laughs> I was going to say England, but I was going to laugh. Uh, but you're, you're up there, all right? You're, you're a team that on any given World Cup cycle has to be taken seriously. Going in Pirlo, which I understand, he's a, you know he has the history and all that, and if it was only Pirlo, Alex, no one would be no one would that care. impressed. Yeah. They'd say, yeah, but, you know, he has, he's a World Cup winner, you know, and he has all this, and he still has all of his skills and all that. Great. Sebastian Javinko had played for the Italian national team before, but hadn't in a while. And was more or less a glorified bench player Yeah, you bring him in in the 60th or the 70th or something. A call-up for a player of his quality is, is, is obvious to those of us who follow the league, but what's amazing is that you're starting to get... Play, coaches and players sort of overseas who are are, are um, really starting to take notice. Antonio Conte, who's the, um, mm-hmm. the, the coach of Italy. This is a real coach here. This is not... Some... Oh, yeah. This is no joke what yeah. we're talking about here. Uh, this, is, this is the real deal right about now. Um, you know, he's basically putting a full-on endorsement of what is happening here in America by, by pulling up Sebastian Javinko. Um, and so by, by America, he means North America. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Just because of Canada. Uh, right. But what I'm saying is this league, and really this region as a whole, has improved its stature in the world game immensely over the last few years. Um, now, he's not going to get to participate because he's hurt. He's hurt. He's injured. Of course. But he's I still think the call-up means something. It does mean something. It means that when scouts were showing up, and clearly they sent somebody, when they were showing up at FC, Toronto FC games, whether they're home or away, or maybe they just watched the tape, I don't know. But they saw enough to say it's worth our time. Because in Italy, you have a plethora of talent available to you yeah. at any given time. If you don't call up Javinko, you can call someone else up. All right, And no one will look the other way. No one in Italy is probably saying, where's Javinko? Right, exactly. You're not going to get grilled in the press for this. You bring him in, it's very fascinating. It leads me to believe that they, or at least Conte, believes he has enough talent to play for Italy. And Jamaica's playing the best he's ever played. Yeah. And he's a young man. This is the type of signings we want to see. You want to see Gio Dos Santos. You want to see Kubo Torres, who has not been playing that well. But you want to see these players come to MLS because they're in their 20s. 
Sebastian Javinko might go down eventually as the best signing in the history of MLS. We're going pretty far here, but write it down, Gingers. I mean, it's... He's looked phenomenal. He has been lights out since he got here. Keep in mind, he is 5'1". Yeah, he's a a wee man. He's a wee man. A wee little man. Because he pees all the time. That's what wee means. Um, (laughs) In some context. Um, And here's the thing. They have two more matches next month, uh, continuing with their European qualification uh, run. Against Azerbaijan and Norway. Not surprised he gets called up again. I wouldn't be Azerbaijan, either. absolutely. Even Norway, for that matter. Call him in. And I know Italy's doing well in Euro qualifiers, but there's no way that they're going to just throw away a call-up. No. Because you, you can't risk it. The Euros, if you don't watch Gingers, you should. Not the qualifiers, because they're not that entertaining, but the actual Euros, th- those are entertaining. I feel kind of bad for those national teams. I really do. Because in CONCACAF, there's only, like, really two or three teams in any given period of time. Right. right? In Europe, it's all of them. Well, and you have teams. What's amazing and is And you that all can't make it. Because everyone plays football in Europe. Everybody. Every nation. You have a team like a Wales who... Who can compete? Three years ago was terrible, and all of a sudden, they might qualify. In it's fact, they're, I think they're in good position to qualify. Um, <laughs> Almost entirely on the back of Gareth Bale. And it's just one of those things where... You know, if you're if you're playing in that realm, and these other teams see what you can do, and they go, "Wait, does that guy play?" and you yeah. say MLS, that's huge. That's a powerful statement. It's a powerful statement. You know, one person who used to be able to say that who won't be able to anymore, Adam Nemet. Remember oh, him? Oh yes. Remember him? He's already signed with someone else. I yeah, think. I think he actually plays in in uh, the Netherlands now. Yeah, I don't uh, know why? I, I don't either. Good for him, I guess. That's great. So I forgot about him. Yeah. He plays in the... If you don't live in New York, I totally understand why that name means nothing to you. When the NYCFC season started, he was one of their starting forwards. He'd started up with uh, David Villa. Yep. And I had never heard of him before. No one had it at all. And when he first came on the field, I'm like, oh, he's like a bruising player. He's huge. He's athletic. And I get, because uh, uh, David Villa is a, a lithe man. Yeah. You know, and I understand we're trying to play two different things. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, this makes sense to me. And then you find out that he's terrible. I mean, dreadful. Dreadful. He once dispossessed David Villa. <laughs> he did. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? You have to look up this clip. In the 18-yard box. Oh, uh, David Villa was clearly setting up a shot yeah. on goal. Clearly. You don't even have to be a fan of the game. Like, it, clearly he's <sighs> trying to do something. And Adam Nemich, who's on his team. That's so painful to, to himself, watch that. This terrible angled cross I'm doing, this run I'm making right now, this is a better shooting opportunity. I'm going to dispossess my own teammate. <laughs> the greatest Spanish striker of all time, of all time. arguably. Yeah. I'm going to dispossess him <laughs> and then take the worst acute angle oh, shot I can God. find. And, of course, no goal was scored. No. He hadn't played for New York since June, and I, I honestly forgot about it. I had almost put that out of my mind. I had to bring it back. It was. So, I think it was against Houston? I don't know. It was, uh, it was something Let's else. Let's pretend it never happened, shall we? But... On that note, I know I've gotten off topic, but that frees up an international slot, and for that matter, a slot on the roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say this, $300,000. I cannot believe they were paying him $300,000. $300,000. Yes. I, I, I was aware, sadly, that that was what they were paying him. $300,000. Which in MLS is big money. Yeah. 
Every other league. That's three that's or four nothing. draft picks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Solid money. Uh, you can get a good MLS journeyman player, actually several, for $300,000. Mm-hmm. And NYCFC is the kind of team that needs people like that. We need people right now. Anybody. Anybody but, you know, like Ned Grabavoy. No offense, Ned. We love you. But, like, yeah, we need help right about now. Speaking of national teams, though. Hey! Some interesting news um, on the men's national team front is that Darlington Nagme this week, this coming week, yeah. will be taking the naturalization test to become a United States citizen, meaning he would be eligible next month for the game against Mexico or the friendlies in, um, later on in the fall. What do you think about this? So first of all, I want to open with, I love America. Yeah. And I'm glad Darlington These people, Nagby they want to come here. Well. They want to come they here. They love it here enough they that they want to play soccer. They want to play for us. For our national team. I love this country. It is great. Too. There's no way in hell he gets called in to play no. Mexico. No. Why would they, why would would they call him in happen. to play Mexico? Who are you to have stay at home? Exactly. you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. You There's said this no... in the pre-show. This has January camp call-up oh, written, written all, all over it. it. I would love to see him in January camp, and I imagine we will. But you're not going to put him out here for a game that we have to win? Yeah. What, are you going to have Michael Bradley stay home? you got to yeah. be kidding me. Alejandro Bedoya. you got to be kidding me. None yeah. of these players. What? <laughs> they'd all have to be injured, Alex. Like, yeah, yeah. They'd all, all of them would have to be injured for you to say, well, I guess we have to bring out Darlington Nagby for this. I still think Here's Darlington Nagby... He's Nagby, a great shuttle of the ball. I mean, he's, he's very athletic, I think, obviously. I think he's good, but... But he's not we polished better with a players. finished product we have, at the level that you need to play for the national team. We have better players right now. And, and in the Mexico game, oh, you're going to play them. Yeah. Yes. And, and we're going to – we need to have project players on the side, like a Darlington Nagby. Sure. Like a Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood. I love Bobby Wood. You know, tremendous the talent. of Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not that this guy doesn't have a place in camp. It just might not be for the game against Mexico to not decide who goes to the Confederate Maybe one of those friendlies. Yeah. But – it has January camp all over it. It I really agree. does. It really, really does. Poku. Yeah. Carlo has Poku. been talking about this as well. Yeah, he said this after the Columbus match um, where he is in the process of attempting to apply for citizenship um, to play for the men's national team. Um Quadro Poku, if you don't follow MLS that much, if you're sort of new to the league. Or don't follow or, New York City FC yeah. specifically. He's gotten a lot of play now on MLSsoccer.com, but I've gotten a chance to, to watch him for a while now. He's a freak athlete. He's like 6'2", massive guy, can Huge. run at anybody, is fearless in the sense that he will run directly at a defender, which you don't oh, see that much in the modern game. Care. Does not care. Does not care. And he it's has his finishing skills to, to, to make people pay for it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's he's an exciting prospect. Now, there's a ton that he needs to do defensively. There's a ton that he needs to do in terms of learning when to slow down, pick his head up, and play the killer pass. Yeah, he relies a lot on his strength. Yep. Oh Which God, is formidable. Oh, he's, uh, he's a big, he's a big guy. You know, he, guy. he could he could run roughshod over a smaller, weaker team, but you play him against a bigger team, and he would struggle. I think. Here's what I do like about him and his play style. That's kind of play you're going to have to do against Concacaf teams. Yep. I don't know how this is going to work against a European team. No, but playing, say, I'm just pick Costa Rica because they're the hot Concacaf team right now. You play Costa Rica or Panama for that matter. Having someone who's going to shove people around, 
shove him off the ball. Yeah. And also will not be dispossessed yeah. by these people who are like 5'6". Like it's not going to happen. Make them foul you if you're make playing them, in, in CONCACAF. Yeah. Make, make them force you to go to the penalty spot. Yeah, exactly. Like force the whole thing. Um, that I would like to see. Him against Italy or Spain or Germany. Oh, I don't think he'd do well against Germany. It's Germany will probably. Well, that being it's said, a different for, type for, of some, for some reason we can beat Germany. So maybe I. <laughs> I heard Germany's not that good. For some reason we can do it. So. <laughs> I don't know. But let's keep in mind, Gingers, just because he's talking about it doesn't mean this is something that's going to happen right now. Yeah. Um, becoming a U.S. citizen, for those of you who are born citizens, you may not be aware, this is very difficult to do. Long, expensive, drawn out process. It really is. It takes time. It, you have to live here for, I think, at least five years as a permanent resident which is itself a thing you have to like a hump you have to get over so he i believe has been here that long he used to play for the atlanta silverbacks and he was he had a green card then mm-hmm. um which is good for nycfc for as far as mls is concerned if you have a green card you're a domestic player you're not an international player good for us good for us but Becoming a citizen still is not like a guaranteed thing. It's it's difficult to do. So if you ever encounter someone who's a first generation immigrant, they came in here very legally and they did the whole thing. It was hard. All right, they went through a lot. They truly want to be here. That was my political rant for today. Hey, I, I was really a big uh, fan of it. Although it seems kind of trivial now, then to go talk about DeAndre Yedlin, who just signed for Sunderland. Ugh. Well, well, no. I, the I, I team don't... with the least American fans of any team in in the EPL. Think about that for a second. What team in the EPL would have less fans than Sunderland? AFC Burnmouth. I don't know. It's Those up and coming teams get a lot of little bandwagony fans. Last year know. it was Leicester. They had a lot of fans. Um, also Norwich. Uh, oh no. So Bournemouth, I bet has fans. Norwich, no. Canaries. I don't think there's a ton of Canaries fans out there in the United States. No. Uh, so Sunderland. Is the land where Josie Altidore went to die. Yep. And then became a Toronto FC player. And, and did, he's doing better for Toronto. Doing okay, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Northeast so, City in England, for those of you who don't know. It doesn't matter. So yeah. Sunderland is one of these teams in the Premier League that every season you think to yourself, wait, wait, didn't they get relegated? Yeah, they're in a relegation every fight season. almost every season. And at the beginning of every season, you're like, I could have sworn they, they got the drop. <laughs> and they never do. Right. Or it's just right above it. They're like the team right above it. But what's amazing about a team like that is that a I mean, guy like DeAndre Yedlin will get a chance to play. He'll probably get to play. He's going to play ball. When he first signed with Tottenham, it looked like he might get some play time, but then they signed additional players. Yeah. At that point, it's like, this game's over. You're yeah, not yeah. going to see the yeah. field. You're not going to see the field. And if you've seen DeAndre in national team games, he still has it. Of course he does. But if you're Tottenham, like, why play him with what you already have? Yeah. You, you have finished products. I would criticize the Tottenham front office. Why would you sign him? You paid millions of dollars to Seattle mm-hmm. for this player. If we're not going to play him, why would we do this? Which is also their motivation to put him out on loan. we got to get something out of this. All right? You send him to Sunderland because, one, you know, Sunderland isn't going to really threaten you. All right? But he will get play time, and you'll be able to see, like, oh, well, should we actually be playing him? Mm-hmm. And it beats sending him to your youth teams. It'll be interesting to see if they play him as a midfielder or as a, a defender. I kind of want to see him in the left wing. Yeah, it's exciting, really. I, wanna, I actually. But the problem is, is his passing good enough to play in the left wing? It isn't. But he's not that great of a defender. Frankly. No, he's not. 
He's That's, fast enough to make up for it. He's so fast, but he's not that great of a defender. But I can't put him in central midfield or uh, like no, I, I no, can't no, no, do no, that. no. Nowhere near good enough. He has, he has to be on, somewhere on the. Yeah, I, I think he's better on the left, but you can play him on the right. It doesn't really. What matter. you want is him storming down the wings. I want him to play how Orlando plays Breck Shea, who's yeah. also quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, a allegedly a defender. Yes, yeah, on paper. Uh, and also Breck Shea. But as soon as the, for a while. Tr- the, the ball's turned over, he's in the he offensive half. He is always yeah. in the offensive like, He's attacking. He's, he's, he's always up there. Uh, or could he be sort of like Jossi Zardes? Not all the way, because Jossi Zardes is a forward. But where you're just cut, you're streaking down the sides. Yeah. And like no one can stop A true stop wing. You. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a left mid. There aren't a lot of true wingers. In soccer left anymore. Then there should be, because I, I really... First well, of all, it's exciting like, to watch. It is exciting to watch. It, it's, it's a side effect of players not wanting to run at other players anymore. And beat players one-on-one. On one. Um, because now, and I'll say this, a lot of people say like the game's gotten softer. No. People have gotten a lot stronger. Yeah. And you're going to be broken in half now. Yep. It's like this in the NFL as well. Segway. In the NFL, people will say, like, oh, people played hard-nosed football back in the day. It's like, you weren't playing against a 300-pound player. Who will sure kill you. Who will, who will destroy your body. Yeah. There are, there are safeties playing in the NFL right now, which were middle linebackers in the yes. 60s. You know what I mean? In terms and it's of just, like, like, their bulk and size and all that. You run into a Cam Chancellor, and your day is ruined for it's you. It's <laughs> I, I often like to, to do this while I'm watching a game, especially when my Chicago Bears are playing because they're terrible. Like they're doing poorly, and I'll think to myself, like I could do better than this. Then I realize I'm like half the size of these people. Yeah, and if I was literally on the field, half in a single tackle, they would have to carry me out in an ambulance. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if he's gonna make it. He's gonna die. All of, his bo- okay. all of his bones are broken. Uh, all of them. I counted. All of his bones. So it's not quite as severe in soccer, but these guys are bigger. Faster, stronger. They are across the board. So that's why you don't see as many of these bruising players who like just go and attack guys. Like we were talking about Poku a moment ago. You don't see as many players like that. You know why? It's because that other player is going to break your ankle in half and you'll never play again. And he won't even be trying to. He's just too strong. Yeah. He's too strong. He doesn't and too know solid. what to do with his own DeAndre strength. DeAndre Yedlin going to Sunderland. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here. I think it's a good move for him because he's going to get minutes. He's going to get minutes, and that's going to improve his situation. And I really hope, Gingers, that what ultimately happens is someone in the Netherlands or someone in Germany, someone in France says, we need that kid. Because I don't know if the Premier League is the right place. And I had this concern when he signed with Tottenham instead of Roma. I don't know if it's the right fit. And so far, it hasn't been. All right, But he's young, and he's young enough that this can, he, can, he can sort of spin his wheels for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And still be good. Very young man. He's very young. So I'm not too worried, but things need to happen. Let's see how he does in Sunderland. A few exciting games in the league this weekend. Jeff. Hey, that's me. Seattle at home against Toronto FC Saturday night. TSN 2 MLS Live Joe TV. Ooh, I didn't even realize I was coming Seattle up. Seattle at home against Toronto. Definitely worth watching, Gingers, if you oh, have MLS yes. Live. Definitely want to 100%. see it. I'm actually going to take Seattle on this, and I'll tell you why. That Toronto FC defense is bad. Which is why my scoreline is going to be Toronto FC 3, Seattle Sounders 2. I'm taking Toronto uh, 1, Seattle 2. Mm. Actually, I should have done that backwards because Seattle's at home. Yeah, we Seattle both did two, that wrong. Yeah, Seattle 2, Toronto 1. I'm going to say Seattle 2, Toronto 3. I think they can score on them a little bit. Wow, an away win. And two big, big matches in terms of, of playoff implications oh here. Goodness. New England at home against the Orlando Lions. Orlando City Lions. Rawr. 
Wow. We're going to get letters. Lions. Wow. <laughs> Just from one guy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> New England's looked a lot better, especially with Jermaine Jones back, which is their magic formula now. <laughs> you get Jermaine Jones back, you win games. They're playing Orlando, but Orlando has to win this game. They're in a very similar position to New York City FC. You they are have almost in the identical position. win. I think they're matched on points, they frankly. They might be. Uh, you have to win. You have to win. You have to win. This is going to be a draw. I uh, take a one-one, and it, and that's fine for New England. It's not great, but it's fine. But that's awful for Orlando if they walk out of there with a draw. If you only get one point, that's bad. My thing with Orlando is oh, all I like a lot by the, the way. amazing exuberance that they played with in the in the the beginning of the season. They've been on a terrible run of form lately. They, they've taken two points in the last 15 available. They're going to be without Kaká for this match. Yeah, because he got called up. And good for him. You know, I would love to pick an Orlando City win, but I, I do think this is going to be New England Revolution. I think they're, they've well, they won three on the trot. I mean, they're playing they're good soccer home. right now, and they're, and they're home. home. I'm going to say 2-0. They're at home. New England Revolution. They're also at home at a period of time where people in the Boston area are getting prepped for uh, U.S. v. Brazil. Yep. Right? So they're all excited. Everyone's all amped up. Speaking of national teams, Friday night against Peru, United States, Peru. That one's on Fox Sports 1, 7 p.m., also on Unimas. Unimas. This is exciting stuff. Whenever the men's national team, it, it's always it's kind of like I love Christmas. it every single time. Oh, me too. I, I, every single time the U.S. men's national team plays, you know, and because it's always a good, you roll of the dice. Yeah, you don't matter. know what you're going to get. It doesn't even you matter really who don't. we play. They're playing in Raccoon Fortress USA RFK Ooh, Stadium in DC. RFK. Um, need to just tear it down for what they for everything that's bad about that stadium. You know it's a great home field advantage. That an act of Congress would have to be done to tear down RFK. Like, that's not even a joke. Are there elected officials from the raccoon? Stop. Sorry, I thought that but because was But be because it's in Washington, D.C., and it's owned by the district, for some reason that becomes a federal issue. no sense. And that's why it's still there. But anyway, all right. You know this. I'm not going to surprise anybody. America, too. Peru, nil. Because I will never, ever predict against the United States, the greatest country that's ever existed. Take that, Kingdom of Prussia. I see you. I predict- and you don't exist. <laughs> right? The I Ottoman Empire. Who's here right now? The Ottoman Empire, let me tell you, all we know about you is a footstool. Right it's now? Over. Scoreboard. That's all Scoreboard. I have to say. Where are you? Where you are did. You? <laughs> we exist. You don't. You don't. Also, Tuesday night, United States at home against Brazil, led by Kaká. <laughs> led. Led. That might be an exaggeration. World Cup winner. Uh, Ballon d'Or winner, Kaká. Ballon d'Or. Lest we forget. Orlando City's top goal scorer. Yep. Kaká. I mean, that might be his, his best, uh, you know, accolade his best, today. His best accolade. He has played well for Yeah, Orlando. he is. Uh, all right. I know I just said I would never take the, the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that lasted all of about two minutes. So, I'm going with a 1-1 draw. Yeah. All right. Fair Keep enough. Keep it going. Keep it going. I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. Really? I think you're going to see This has them. actually been a crappy Brazil team recently. This is going to be the return of Tim Howard, I think. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. I Tim, think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun game. I'm going to say 2-2 draw. I think that the, the states can, can pull one out. Uh, ways that you can get in touch. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yep. I once saw at Gillette Stadium... United States take on Spain. Yeah. This was right after Spain. That didn't go well, if I remember correctly. It's right after Spain had won the World Cup. Yeah. And uh, it was sold out. All 60,000 plus didn't fit there. 
Spain dropped four goals on us. Yep. And we looked like a high school team. It was embarrassing. Yep. A lot's Boy. changed in world football since then. Yeah, a lot has. A lot has. Let's hope it goes a little bit better this time around. One can hope. One Ways can that up. you can get in touch with us, Gingers, at Straight Red Pod. That's a podcast. At Jeff is Famous on Twitter. That's Jeff at Alex S. Kibler on Twitter. That's me. Straight Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. And Straight Red on Facebook. You didn't read Nikki's email. Uh, I read it, and the best thing that he said is he wants to buy a Warren Alex t-shirt. And he also mentioned something we already talked about, which is the the fact that the site for the L.A. stadium is going to be like a swimming venue or yeah, something. I don't know how that's supposed to work. For uh, the Olympics, folks. For the Olympics. Nikki, we love you. Thank you for being a fan. He Jin- Huh? He just said something? Yeah. Come on. Oh, Nikki. It's too next, late. Next. We'll, we'll, sorry, Nikki, we ran out of time. We'll get to you next week. Can you believe uh, this guy? <laughs> He's a piece of trash. We need a periscope. What do you want? Uh, it's now time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the gingers out there this evening? Sometimes when you go to a friend's house to record a podcast week after week after week, yep. you'll discover that you've won his dog over and his dog prefers you to him. That dog is melted into that chair right now. I've won. And you have lost. Jeff won Alex Nil. Yeah. <laughs> Go for the dog's mine. Get out of here, judges. Go forth and suck. So I like we were watching this show on HGTV last night called Flip or Flop. This is a flop. It is. But like they buy these things, and then they get inside and they realize it's a hole and that everything is bad and they made a terrible mistake. I feel like buying the Chicago fire might be like that. You're like you discover. Oh wait, it's full I have cobwebs. to exactly. I have to give the city of Bridgeview my my firstborn child. Like what? No, the deal's probably bad. It's it's got to be terrible. It's probably a bad deal uh, for the fire. I bet it's great for Bridgeview. <laughs> well, they have. There's something of note in Bridgeview.